If you have your Bible, and man, I hope you do this morning, join me in Matthew chapter 3. That's going to be one of our texts. We're going to cover several different texts this morning again because there's just so many things to look at as we continue talking about joy. And this morning, we focus on what is kind of a, a next step from what we talked about last week related to joy in our relationship to Christ and our salvation in Jesus Christ, there's a, there's a next step. And, and that next step, and again, leading up to what we're going to be doing on the 24th, that next step is baptism. And, and so this morning we're going to spend some time talking about specifically what, what that's about. There, there may be somebody here this morning that it's... It, it just doesn't make sense and, it, and maybe not understand exactly why we do what we do. So hopefully, when we finish today, um, the Lord has spoken well enough through me and I haven't confused it. And we all have a better understanding of what and why we celebrate baptism. But before we get to Matthew chapter 3, just a couple of things to remind you related to what we talked about joy and how we led into where we are this week. Last week we were in Acts chapter 8 and we looked at a, a familiar story for many of us of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And if you remember, there was a lot going on in the early church in that period of time. And Philip had been preaching and proclaiming the gospel and spreading the word. And one thing that's, that's really neat, and I think I even skipped over this last week accidentally in, my, in what I was sharing with you. At the time, because we see the stoning of Stephen right before where we are or where we were last week, persecution scattered the believers in, in that time in Acts. The believers went everywhere because of the persecution that was happening. And what's really cool about that and the way that God works, persecution scattered the believers and guess what went with them? The word, the truth, the gospel. So if you ever wonder, I mean, there's one case. If you ever wonder how does God work in crazy times and in catastrophes, right there in the beginning of the church. Persecution sent everybody all over the countryside, and the truth went with them. And they shared the truth as they went, and that's where Philip comes into the story because he was sharing the good news in Samaria. Then God had sent him south, and that's where he ran into the eunuch in, the, in, the, in, in his chariot traveling. And what we saw last week um, is the eunuch didn't understand, the man didn't understand what he was reading, and Philip asked, and he said, how can I know if someone doesn't explain? So Philip rode with him and explained to him what he was reading from the book of Isaiah. And what we know is that we know, and, and Philip explained to him, it was the good news. He shared with him who Jesus Christ was and what it meant to surrender his life to Jesus. And the eunuch did that. And he surrendered his life to Jesus. And where we saw at the end of that that uh, section of scripture that we read in verse 39, the eunuch never saw Philip again. Philip was taken away in the spirit, but he went on rejoicing. 
And that's where we started with our conversation about joy. Joy that comes in the Lord. Joy, that, that change in us, that, that action that comes out of us, that expression of who we are in Christ. Not just a feeling, not just a feeling like being happy, but joy is an expression of who we are in Christ. And what I challenged you with last week, and, and, and hopefully we all went away with this, is that that state of being, that delight, that gladness, that, that expression of who we are in Christ goes forward with us all the time to the point, and I think this is really important for us, to the point where people think we're crazy. I mean, that, that's, that's what I hope people, when they see me expressing my joy from being saved and, and knowing Jesus Christ, that they think I'm just out of my mind. Because how can you have joy in everything that's going on in the world today? And that's a great question. Because if you stop and rest and sit in the world, we have no reason in the world, we have no reason to have joy. The world is a mess. Life is a mess, and stuff is happening and coming at us at a 1,000 miles an hour. And if we sit still in that, there's no reason for us to have joy. But, but, we rest in Jesus Christ, and he changed everything for us. Or, if you've never experienced that, he can change everything for you and fill your heart with joy that is absolutely unexplainable most of the time, and especially in everything that's going on around us, people should be asking us, what is wrong with you? Because we have victory. And we have victory over an enemy. And we have been restored I mean, think about that. Our lives before Christ, and maybe your life now before Christ, is absolutely a mess and a wreck and full of anxiety and full of tension and everything else. But with Christ, you can and do have Joy. We read last week about that victory. Psalm chapter 30. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only, in a, only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's victory. In Christ, there's victory. And then we looked at Romans chapter 15. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, that victory that we have in Christ, that experience and that expression of joy that comes through him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but thank God. He gives us victory over sin through sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that gets us to where we're going to focus for a few minutes this morning because it brings me back to Acts chapter 8 and verse 36 and that question 
that that man, that Ethiopian, asked Philip as they rode along and as he had accepted the good news of Jesus Christ and was celebrating the change, the joy, the things that he had experienced in his life in that moment, he asked Philip, he said, look, there's some water. Because I'm sure in Philip's explanation and, and talking about what it meant to surrender to Christ and who Christ was, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And, and here's, here is for me what is, what is an impression that I take away from, from reading that verse and that question that he asked Philip. How many times... How many times in life do we, I'm not going to say you because I'm definitely lumping myself into this one. How many times in life do we take steps, whatever the steps are in doing things, and there's, there's steps we take, there's processes that we follow, there's, there's things that we need to do to get to a point, and we get part of the way there, or we get almost there, and then we get satisfied maybe, and we just kind of stop, and we don't ever follow through to completion things that, that need to be done, things that should be taken care of, and in a way we just, we, we just settle. We follow the instructions to a point, and then we just settle. And there's, I think there's a, a, a case for that in, in the reality for some of us when it, when it relates to baptism. And, and I share that because, and, and what I want you to understand as you go away this morning and as we talk about it this, this morning, there's no salvation in the water. The, the salvation comes through the relationship in Jesus Christ, not from the water, but there's a reason that we take that next step and complete that process and follow the instructions of our Lord. And so that's what I want us to explore this morning. So I had you go to Matthew chapter 3. And so I want to read a couple of verses there, and then we're going to move over to Romans as well. But I uh, want to, I didn't mark this, and so I've got to find it now. Uh, look at a couple of verses here and just kind of set the stage for what we're talking about, baptism, why, what is the importance of, of baptism. So Matthew chapter 3, let's look at verses 13 through 15. And this is, um, this is, this is an encounter that John the Baptist has with Jesus Christ himself. And uh, Matthew records it for us, starting in verse 15, or verse 13, excuse me. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him and we'll we'll stop right there and again 
understand this and see this in, in the text that we're reading. Jesus didn't come to John to be baptized because Jesus was repenting of sin. We understand that. We know that Jesus, the only man to live a perfect life on, on this earth. And John tried to stop him, but the Lord told John. He expressed to John, this is the Father's will. I am following the instructions of the Father. And there's a couple of things to catch in this for us to understand. First, his baptism, Jesus' baptism, gave approval to John's ministry. And if you've studied and you know about John the Baptist, he was from Isaiah. He was the forerunner. He's the one that went before Jesus. He's the one that prepared the way. And he was baptizing people as they were waiting for Jesus to come. And there's a verse that we'll, we will look at again in just a minute when, when John knows and recognizes who Jesus is and, and, and acknowledges him to declares him as the Lamb of God. We'll get there in just a second. But for Jesus, this was, this was an affirmation. This was an approval. This was a demonstration that what John was doing, what John was teaching, what John was declaring was from the Lord. It wasn't just this man out dunking people in the water. He was doing what the Lord had called him to do ahead of Jesus. And the second thing, at, for Jesus' baptism, he identified in that moment, he identified himself with us. Catch that. He identified himself with us by following what the Lord had instructed. He just like us, he identified himself with us, the people, me, the man that he came to save, you, the man, the woman that he came to save. In that moment, he identified with us, God in flesh. And then mainly what his baptism symbolized was the baptism that he faced on the cross the baptism in our sins when all, as the word says, all the waves and the billows of God's judgment would be placed on him. And he represented that, foreshadowed that in that moment when John the Baptist in John chapter 1 declared, Behold, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. And he was a witness to what John had done. And because of what John was doing and because of Jesus following in that instruction and, and, and that will of the Father, many people were saved. Many people were saved because they could identify like we can. We can identify with Jesus Christ. We're not on his level. He is deity and we are not, but we can identify with him because he has walked in our steps on this earth, facing the same things that we faced. And because of him and what he has done for us, we have joy. So let's move to Romans chapter 6 couple more verses to, uh, to share with you there. Romans chapter 6, and, and for this, looking at what, what does this all represent? Um, and and for, for us, that's an important thing to understand. What 
does this represent more than, well, Jesus did it, and it's the Father's instructions. What, what does it represent? Romans 6, starting in verse 1. We'll read verses 1 through 4. Well then, as, as Paul is writing for us, should we keep on sinning so that God will show us more and more of his wonderful grace? We know the answer to that. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that we were joined with Christ in Jesus' baptism? We joined him in his death. For when for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So the why, what does, what does this all represent? We see it right there in that text, completely buried. There's, there, is, there is for us the, the testimony, the uh, surrender of, the reality of our old self, that, that part of us that, that Christ covered with his death, that symbolic death and burial for us. We are buried with Christ. The old way is gone. And then we are, symbolically again, as Christ was raised from the dead, we're raised up out of the water. We're raised up to a new life in Christ. Again, that old is gone. The new is alive. And what that should be for us and what, uh, what I, I hope that we, we live in, with, in, in that and what you, if you've never followed in baptism, what you can live in in that, there's a, there's a strength that comes with that representation of being buried, the old being buried and being raised new with Jesus Christ. And that should give us energy and motive and um, even power and strength to resist, to resist, fight against all of the things that used to pull us away all of the things that used to cause us to sin those those desires and those temptations of the old are buried and we live again a new life does it mean that they all go away no the temptations are still there and will always be there. That's the, the reality of the world that we live in. But we have a new passion, a new desire, a, a new life to battle against those things. And it's, it can be even a reminder for us. We, we buried that. That is, that is gone. And we can live new and we can live in new strength it's it's um, a, a thing to think about is it's like new clothes galatians three twenty seven, and all who have been united with christ in baptism have put on christ that's the representation of that new life it put on christ like putting on new clothes we're brand new 
We are, we are new in Christ. Colossians 2, 12, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Just like he raised him from the dead, he raises us up into new life. Colossians 3, verse uh, 1 through 4, since you've been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. It's, it's the revelation, the revealing of the new us. And that, that brings us to, that brings us to the, what the, the portraits that we're sharing with the world in our baptism. John, 1 John 1, 9, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Our sins are forgiven when we confess Jesus Christ. When we come to him, catch this, know this, remember this, always rest in this. He forgives all sins. All sins. Before and after. Sins are forgiven and we can enjoy we can live in joy that maximum of the fellowship in Christ that expression of who he is that confession that we agree with him that we trust him and that we rely on him first john again chapter 1 verse 7 and i know we've had a lot of scriptures this morning and and most of them haven't been on the screen but we're if we are living in the light as god is in the light then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sins and see that's where that's where that that change came from the old system to the new, because under the law, this is, this is the idea of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The, in, under the old law, the animal took on the sins of man. It was a symbolic transfer of those sins, and that animal, that, that clean animal had to die in the place of the person so that they could continue to live in God's favor, but real cleansing, again, John declared, behold, the Lamb of God. And that, that cleansing for us comes through our surrender to Jesus Christ. And just as we read in Romans 6, just as he rose to new life, from the, rose from the grave, we have the opportunity in baptism to be raised to a new life to show the world that we are Christ followers. And that's, that's, that's the picture for, for baptism, the picture and the celebration of what we are doing and why we are celebrating baptism. Because it is, it's the illustration of Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. And it's for us, it's a picture to the world, a picture to the world that we have been 
cleansed. We have been cleaned. We have been forgiven. That Christ has taken it on himself. And we are free. And we have joy. And it identifies us with him. It's, it's, it, it just is that picture that lets the world know that we're his. Again, it doesn't, baptism itself, baptism alone does not secure our salvation, but baptism following the acceptance and the surrender to Jesus Christ identifies us with Jesus, and it identifies us with his church. It's that outward celebration of what he's already done as we go forward in life, and you're telling the world my life, my life is committed to Jesus Christ completely. That's the picture. And that's, that's the reason for the, the follow-through. And that's the reason for taking that step and completing what is God's will, but taking that step so that the world knows because we can, we can, we can make a profession of faith. We can accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, and we can sit, and the world can never know. But they have no doubt when we follow in baptism. They have no doubt of the story that God is writing in our lives and the story that we're telling the world that we are his. And what a powerful story. We call that our testimony. What a powerful testimony for the world to see and for the world to know that we are Christ followers. I mean, it just, it leaves no doubt. And then one thing, the last thing that, that for us, baptism represents, and it's for an opportunity for us. It's an opportunity for us, for our local church to celebrate with us to embrace us to help us grow it's it's following the will of god it's stepping out in faith and then and and not and not because of baptism does your local church come around you we, we do that anyway, but with baptism, that celebration, that new life that's represented in that, then the church, the church has a responsibility, a responsibility to help gr with growth and to help with teaching, shaping, molding, and accountability. And that goes both ways. That goes both ways. I have seen new believers do more to strengthen someone that's been in faith for years because you remember the joy. You remember the time. You remember that place where you were when he, Jesus, changed your life forever. And, and that accountability goes both ways. There's the celebration of the new and then there's the celebration of what was new that maybe has gone a little bit quiet. And so it's, it's a vivid picture and an uh, outward celebration and a reason for joy. Because in Christ, in Christ alone, 
We have victory over our enemy. We have victory over death and darkness. And again, weeping comes through the night, but joy comes in the morning, in that new relationship with Jesus Christ. And we will. We'll celebrate uh, baptism on the 24th. If you've never taken that step in your faith journey, we would love for you to be a part of that morning. Um, and it, you know, the water, the water may be a little bit cold, um, but that's okay because there's, there's celebration. And I guess if the water is a little bit cold, that'll add to the joy because it'll wake us all up. I don't know. But if, if you've never followed, taken that next step in your journey of faith, we would invite you to be a part of that on se uh, September. Oh, my goodness. April. Let's not get that far ahead in the year. April 24th. We would, just let me know because we would love for you to be a part of that. And as Joe and Lisa come this morning for us to continue our time of worship, you know, there may be somebody here that you've never, you've never taken the step of just surrender, to surrender your life and your heart to Jesus Christ. And we want to give you that opportunity this morning because that's the first step. That's the first step. Then you follow in baptism but that first step is recognizing and confessing to Jesus Christ that you're a sinner that you've fallen short and that you know what you deserve is separation in death and separation in hell but as the word tells us but God if we confess his name and we confess to Him our sins, and we surrender our life to Him, He forgives us of our sins, and our promise is eternity with Him forever, and joy, joy, like you've never experienced. And so this morning, as, as we worship, if He's calling you to take that first step this morning, don't wait. Don't go home and think about it. Take care of business with Jesus Christ here this morning. I'll be in the back. You can interrupt Joe as he's singing. We would love to talk with you, to pray with you, to share with you what, what does this mean for me. And we would love to see you this morning surrender your life to Christ. Become His. Know that joy. Live in that joy. And then we would love to see you follow up with that on the 24th and express that to the world. Not just this room, but to the world. So if, if he's calling you this morning and you need to surrender to him, do that. Come find one of us. Let's, let's talk. Let's pray together. We want you to know. We want you to know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So, Father, this morning, as, as we continue to worship, God, you, uh, we know, we recognize your voice. God, you're, you're speaking to us. And, God, I, I just pray this morning that we would, we would just simply say yes and not hesitate, not wait, but say yes, step out in boldness, trust you with our lives, 
And Father, experience joy that comes in you. So Father, this morning, as we worship, I pray that we're listening to you. And that we just simply say yes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll stand up. Sing this song. I've carried